Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. And I gotta knock out two things right at the beginning. The first is actually a correction from yesterday's show. The person this is about even messaged me and said I don't need to issue this correction in the show, but it's really more important to me because if I don't hold myself accountable, even for the small things, then why should you trust me? Yesterday in the edit, when we were referencing people that were actually angry about the Batman, uh, for some reason, a tweet from the amazing atheist being sarcastic about people being angry about the Batman was used. I can usually catch those things, but like I even mentioned in yesterday's show, I had to brush off to the hospital so I didn't get to finally clear it. And like I said, even though it was only up for a second, it felt important for me to call myself out for that. And then two, just another friendly reminder, you only have a few days left if you wanna grab something over at beautifulbastard.com. This drop is awesome. I'm not sure how much longer, especially in your size, one day we'll all be skeletons is gonna be around. As well as the emotionally exhausted poo bears, the uh, the awesome olive tie-dye. More and more things keep selling out, so grab what you want while you can over at beautifulbastard.com. But with that said, buckle up for today's show. Hit that like button and let's just jump into it. Hey y'all, first up today, are you 25 or older? Do you ever feel inexplicably dumb? Do you ever look over at your weird friends and you're like, why are we this way? Well, I might actually have the answer for you today. A new study estimates that over 170 million Americans or over half the US adult population through 2015 were exposed to harmful levels of lead as children. The paper published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences on Monday examined early childhood exposures between 1940 and 2015. And of course, the older you are, the more metal you probably inhale. With a whopping 90% of children born between 1950 and 1981 having blood lead levels higher than the CDC threshold. And as we're all tragically aware from the criminal poisoning of Flint, Michigan's population back in 2014, lead ain't super healthy for you. Right, nearly 30,000 children who bathed in and drank from that water supply are now struggling in school years later. And this study suggests that a lot more of us have suffered as well. Exposure to the substance during early childhood when the brain and nervous system are still developing resulted in a 2.6 point drop in IQ. And the researchers only studied exposure to leaded gasoline, which was the dominant way that it happened from the 40s through the 80s. So that doesn't even count paint, dust, soil, even playgrounds. Plus, it's not like the problem is totally gone now. I mean, we regulate it much better, but lead is still all over the place. With the CDC estimating that half a million kids aged one to five in the US have lead levels high enough to damage their health. And Bruce Lanfear, a health sciences professor at Simon Fraser University told The Guardian, the more tragic part is that we keep making the same mistakes again. First it was lead, then it was air pollution, now it's PFAS chemicals and phthalates, and it keeps going on and on, and we can't stop long enough to ask ourselves, should we be regulating chemicals differently? And remember, we've only talked about the US thus far because we're very self-involved. When you talk about the world's population, a recent study found that of 34 countries representing two-thirds of the world's population, they found that nearly half of all children surveyed had blood lead levels above five micrograms per deciliter, which is considered high by the CDC at the time of the Flint crisis. So yeah, it's incredibly depressing that this is still going on, and if all lead vanished tomorrow, tons of people would still be feeling the effects for decades. But hey, if we are going to have brain damage, at least we have brain damage together. Oh no. And then, in absolutely shocking influencer business news, you had professional fuckhead Jake Paul allegedly doing a not so good, very bad thing. And the bulk of this has seemingly come from and has been uncovered by CoffeeZilla, who's a YouTube creator that's done a really good job of exposing scams in the crypto space. And he posted a video yesterday alleging that Jake Paul has made over $2.2 million in crypto scams. And even posting after his video that a lawsuit was updated to include information that he had exposed. Or with Jake being among the people named in a class action lawsuit over a pump and dump scheme with SafeMoot. But according to CoffeeZilla, that's just sort of the tip of the crypto iceberg for Jake. With Coffee taking a look at what he says are Jake's crypto wallets, both the ones that were made easily available and the ones that he had to do some digging and tracking down to figure out if they actually belonged to Jake. And among the easy ones to find, you had Coffee claiming that Jake had made over $139,000 
dollars off of Sacred Devils, and another 1.5 million off of Stick Dicks. And then for three others using Jake's social posts, transfers, and other information, he alleged that he had actually found Jake's wallets and claimed that he had made $190,000 off of Safe Moon, $50,000 off of Milfcoin, and $300,000 off of Yummy, which collectively brought him to the rough total of $2.2 million. With Coffee alleging that Jake's fans most likely lost money in these schemes, showing graphs that detail how Yummy, Milf, and Safe Moon fell after Jake promoted them. And also noting, none of these promotions Jake Paul did were listed as ads, which is a big problem for him and a big problem with the Federal Trade Commission. Not only that, three of these coins could easily be considered investments, which could be a problem for the SEC. But as far as what happens next for Jake, if there's any fallout, well, Coffee said that remains unclear. But ultimately, I don't know what will happen to Jake. Will he be held accountable for what he did, for causing losses of his fans? Who knows? But what I do know is that Jake Paul advertised multiple projects to fans without disclosing he was paid to promote them, his fans lost money, while Jake was making somewhere in the range of two plus million dollars. But also, like I mentioned, after CoffeeZilla posted this video, he tweeted, breaking new Safe Moon lawsuit update just dropped today and now includes the Jake Paul secret wallets I put in my video and the 200K that I showed him making. But also an important thing with this story is it's not just Jake. There has been this question in the space of is the other shoe ever going to drop? With that other shoe being, is there going to be a massive crackdown on all these influencers who have been promoting these pump and dump schemes? Especially because it's alleged so many have been paid under the table and when they do promotions, they're not saying that they got paid or that it's an ad. But hey, time will tell, we'll wait and see. But in the meantime, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. And then we had Camila Cabello in the news initially making headlines for a wardrobe malfunction, but then it became something else. All right, so it started because she did a virtual interview on BBC's The One Show and did a little dance demonstration, during which she touched her top, accidentally moving it to the side and revealing her chest. And with this, she just keeps rolling with the punches even though the hosts were shocked. And when she was done dancing, she joked that she hoped that they didn't see nipples. But as one too many oddly excited tabloid headlines will tell you, they did. And while Camila has at least publicly been laughing this off, even posting a TikTok about it, this ended up stirring up a controversy and debate regarding the sharing of the photo and video. Right after it happened, tons of people began sharing the clip of the nip slip and screenshots of it without editing or censoring out her chest. And so with that, you have people calling it out, asking for others to stop, with her argument being, yes, this did happen on live TV, people have seen it, but she is not consenting to the further spreading of the image. And so with this story, I was interested to know y'all's thoughts. What camp do you land in? Do you think that even though this was something that happened publicly, sharing an uncensored video of the incident is akin to basically sharing nudes without consent? Or do you think that it may not be comparable to that, but it's still wrong, or are you in the other camp of, no, this happened publicly, it's already out there, it's fair game. Let me know where you land on this and why in those comments down below. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Keeps. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35? And maybe you have that friend or that family member that's dealing with hair loss right now, and you don't have to just sit around and wait for that to happen to you, because now is the time to do something about it. Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with a scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And Keeps offers generic versions versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products that are out there. So some of you may have already tried this before, but probably never at this price. And you can get these products delivered directly to your door, meaning no more going in person to the doctor's office for your prescription, saving you both valuable time and money. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DeFranco, or just click that link in the description to receive 50% off your first order. And then let's talk about this company, Better, which I think most people don't even know what the company does, but they are aware of the company because of that old viral clip. We're back in December, billionaire founder and CEO Vishal Garg, roughly called 900 of his workers into a Zoom meeting, delivering a roughly three minute speech telling them they were all fired. This also being the same guy who once sent staffers an email likening them to a bunch of dumb dolphins. And that's on top of having a reputation for allegedly verbally abusing those below him. But we might not know is after that, several top executives resigned over the next few months as the CEO took time off, the company hired a crisis firm and plans to go public got delayed. Which I mean, all of that, that's just a catastrophic fall for a startup that had raised $500 million from SoftBank last April, pushing its valuation to $6 billion. And now this online mortgage 
lender is back in the news because they're about to fire between 3,000 to 4,000 of its roughly 8,000 employees. With TechCrunch breaking this news and saying that some of the employees believe that they're being laid off because they logged onto their company accounts today and saw a tab for severance pay at the top. With one person asking, was this the way we were supposed to find out? Another worker calling this coward shit grade A. And then it gets confusing because multiple others say their severance tabs later disappeared, making them wonder, was it a mistake? Those sources familiar with the internal matters did reportedly say they believe the massive layoffs will happen tomorrow, adding that it was going to happen earlier in the month, but executives moved the date around because they were unhappy that it was leaked a couple of weeks ago. And as far as why is this happening, TechCrunch reported that the layoffs are probably a result of rising interest rates cutting into the demand for refinancing, which is leading Better.com to shift toward helping people find and purchase new loans instead. And I'm just really left feeling bad for the employees, right? One said, since the layoffs, everyone's been on edge. We're looking behind our backs, expecting to get fired next. It's not a healthy environment. And they're working for this company that apparently isn't even able to fire people properly. And then in major political news, the Supreme Court actually made a decision that did not directly benefit Republicans. Right, so yesterday, the Supreme Court rejected GOP efforts to block court-imposed congressional maps in North Carolina and Pennsylvania, a move that will now likely allow Democrats to have more seats in Congress than they would have under versions of the map drawn by the state's GOP-held legislatures. In the North Carolina case, Republican leaders had asked the justices to reinstate their initial map after the state Supreme Court had tossed it out and installed a new one, ruling that Republicans had illegally gerrymandered it to benefit them in violation of the state constitution, with the high court denying that request without providing a reason, as is common for emergency requests like this. Meanwhile, in the Pennsylvania case, Republican voters and candidates sued state officials in federal court over a map imposed by the state Supreme Court after the Democratic governor vetoed the original version written by the GOP legislature. And when the federal court didn't act immediately to grant them relief, the group asked SCOTUS to step in. But the high court said that it would not grant the request to put a hold on the map, saying in an unsigned order that any action would be premature because the federal court is literally still considering the matter. And so while opponents of these Republican gerrymandered maps cheered the court's decision here, others also noted a very concerning prospect the court appeared to consider. Where both of these cases centered around interpretations of the election clause of the U.S. Constitution, which states, Times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. And in the North Carolina case, Republicans asked SCOTUS to embrace the totally unprecedented legal theory that the clause should be interpreted as giving state legislatures the power to make election rules sans federal legislation. In other words, if this theory is embraced, it would make it so that state courts are entirely powerless to change congressional maps adopted by state legislatures, even if those courts find that the maps in question violate the state's promise of free and fair elections. And in the ruling yesterday, three of the court's conservatives, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch, said that they bought this theory and were eager to consider it in cases with less procedural issue, with Justice Kavanaugh also expressing interest, but saying it was too close to the May 17th primary to take up the North Carolina case now. And as the New York Times explains, such a ruling would fundamentally alter how congressional elections are conducted and amplify partisan gerrymandering, allowing the party that controls the legislature to draw voting districts favoring its candidates. But for now, that is where we are, and we'll have to wait to see what happens next. And then finally today, let's talk about Vladimir Putin's unjustified monstrous war in Ukraine. Fighting continues throughout the country and there are increasing reports that Russia continues to bomb and shoot civilians. But Russia forces claimed that they had opened humanitarian corridors again for people to leave, but footage from these corridors clearly indicates that the ceasefire is being ignored and civilians are being attacked. So it's not surprising that we've seen a lot of people just choosing to stay put, but that's definitely not easy either. Or you can just take a look at things like the channel of TikToker Valeria Shashina. She shows what life is like in bombed Ukrainian cities and what it's like living in a bomb shelter. And as shocking as her videos are, it's not the worst devastation we've seen. Yesterday, you had an Al Jazeera team managing to get into the city of Kharkiv during a lull in the fighting as part of the Russian, quote, humanitarian ceasefire. You need to see the pure devastation that Putin and Russia are unleashing on civilian areas. And so with all that, we've seen the number of refugees from the country increase, with the UN reporting now that over two million people have fled the conflict. Countries near Ukraine have been getting a ton of help from organizations and private individuals in helping clothe, feed, and house the refugees. We've also seen more and more countries join in on the sanctions against Russia, leading to it now being labeled the most sanctioned country in the world. Before the war, there were over 20 700 sanctions against Russia, and that number has now ballooned to 5,532 since February 22nd, safely placing it ahead of Iran, the next most sanctioned
Russian nation. And as we talked about plenty, all of these sanctions are already having a serious effect on Russia's economy, where the ruble fell to 160 per dollar, an all-time low. And on top of that, Western nations, including those in the EU, are exploring phasing out Russian oil and gas, which resulted in Russia threatening to quickly cut off oil and gas if those plans move forward, with Russian officials claiming that it would lead to $300 barrels of oil. Something in the past many, including myself, have referred to as the nuclear option, but lately you can't even be hyperbolic about it because an actual nuclear option is apparently on the table for Putin. However, it's looking like Russia's threat is already being called, with Biden announcing this morning. Today I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a step that we're taking to inflict further pain on Putin. And that decision, especially if it's followed by the EU, is definitely expected to rock energy prices even more. Although it is likely a calculated gamble as Russia relies on exporting energy while the West has other sources to get it. Or because in the US, Russian oil only accounts for 8% of our total imports. But that being said, it has also led to some controversial moments here in the US, where there are reports that the Biden administration is now talking to Venezuela's Nicolas Maduro about buying oil from there, which is incredibly notable because he is a ruler that the the U.S. does not officially recognize as legitimate. Not to mention that Venezuelan oil production capabilities right now are in the shitter, so it's unclear how this would actually help. It's also led to many Republican politicians demanding that Biden reopen drilling and fracking across national parks and other areas in the U.S. in an attempt to cut off the potential fallout of skyrocketing oil prices. And depending on how long this war goes on and how long these oil prices are increased, in addition to affecting everyday Americans, we'll also likely see this be a massive issue in the upcoming midterms. Which is really just one of the many ways that this is a reminder that events in places that seem very far away can have very direct consequences here in the state. And on that note, I'll leave you with a message that President Zelensky had for Americans last night. We are not far from you. And that's why, Americans, if you see and if you understand how we feel life, how we fight against all the enemies for our freedom, support us. Support us. And not only with words with concretic, direct steps. But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, liking, supporting the show. Also, quick reminder, time is slipping away if you wanna grab something over at beautifulbastard.com. But, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.